0: Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. (laughs) All right. So, yes, and I do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, again, God bless and God bless America. And welcome to Special Report here on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, everybody, the Kentucky guy, and welcome to part 10, uh, Special Report on Devolution. Uh, yeah, so if you're new and you're listening to us for the first time, uh, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter where you're listening to uh, or from, <laughs> rather. Uh, we're on all major platforms, including. Uh, Apple, Google, Speaker, uh, you name it, we're on there, including Amazon Music. Uh, so be sure to check us out. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every uh, every Monday and Saturday. Uh, we do, um, but I know today's Friday, and we do have this special report that I've been doing. So uh, we do have special reports from time to time. We want to keep you guys informed on what's going on in this beautiful, Crazy world of ours. I uh, hope everybody is having a fantastic Friday. Very rainy here in eastern Kentucky. That's something we don't need right now, but uh, sure enough, we've got it. So, uh, you know, God knows what he's doing. So we'll just depend on him. All right. So, uh, also, if you want to be a guest on the show or like to comment or contact us, uh, you can always do so at OL Kentucky. That's Kentucky spelled out. The number 99. At yahoo.com, old Kentucky ninety nine at yahoo.com. Also for you, wrestling. Oh, also by the way, tomorrow we will have a special guest with us. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dustin will be with us, and he is a uh, former Navy officer in the intelligence uh, community. Uh, just a uh, was in there for seven years. He's a family man. I think you'll really enjoy the interview. Uh, So that's tomorrow, so be sure to watch out for that. Let's see here. Also for you wrestling fans out there, oh, yeah. Uh, We do have a, I do host a a wrestling, pro wrestling show uh, called Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Uh, We do uh, drop new episodes there every Friday and Monday. Now, we will be dropping a new episode today. Be sure to check it out. I do have a special guest that will be joining me. Um, He's uh, a huge wrestling fan. Uh, He is uh, also the co-host of, of, uh, he's the creator and co-host of uh, Uncaged Voices podcast, uh, Mr. Don Manningly. So he will be with us uh, uh, on today's episode of Wrestling Against the Match Wrestling podcast. Okay, so I've got a couple updates on news Uh, Before we uh, get into Devolution Part 10, uh, so uh, let's see, boy, I don't want to, uh, uh, I want to get in, I know some of you, I've seen the emails, didn't quite like where I left off on Devolution Part 9, but folks, that episode was just getting too long, and most of our listeners, uh, I've noticed through the analytics, uh, if it gets too far over an hour, Uh, They don't watch the whole episode, and and I think it's so important. I'll keep it shorter, you know, right at an hour or shorter uh, on these types of episodes due to I think it's important for you to hear the entire thing. So, uh, And I appreciate those concerns. And that shows me that you guys are liking the reports, which really uh, just keeps me doing them, okay, Uh, because we're nowhere near the end uh, of this, of course. But I want you to see it's a blueprint. On why I believe devolution is still in effect, and why I think our country still has hope. All right. Uh, also, if you did if you missed Wednesday's uh, episode, I did have a special guest on. Uh, he is the uh, founder of uh, the Sovereign Man, uh, Mr. James Hickman. Uh, very good interview. A lot of lot of intel about the economy. Uh, he knows a lot of history as well about the economy. Uh, so that was I thought that was a very good interview. If you haven't a chance to check that out yet please do so uh so let's talk about something that's so crazy but it's also uh pretty scary so if any of you haven't seen this yet uh you can go on rumble youtube uh and 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 watch this this is I, i just can't believe they're doing it right in the open uh, the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games. I mean, this is, this is, uh, for those of you that know about the Bible, this is satanic worship of Baal. Baal was uh, pretty much this uh, false idol god uh, back in the day. And the people went astray. They were caught between, as Elijah put it, they were caught between two opinions, okay? And, and, what what this opening of the commonwealth games in london did is they had this bull right this huge is like i don't know 20 foot high uh bull it was all red it had red eyes and these people are dancing around it and worshiping it and it's also pulling like uh like slaves behind it uh it, it reminds me if you get a chance and you have the New King James Version Bible. Uh, look up First uh, Kings uh, chapter eighteen. If you've never read that, uh, you should really read it. Basically, what it is, and I'll give you just in uh, once again. I'm not going to cross every tie, dot every t. I don't have it in front of me. I'm just going to give you a general uh, uh, breakdown of what that what that is uh, for those of you that won't take time to go read it <laughs> and maybe you will after i break it down basically there was this prophet who was uh ordained by god uh named elijah and elijah went into the city and these these people uh the people were split and uh, and a number of them had started worshiping this idol god they called bell and Baal actually there was they called themselves prophets of bell as well now taking it taking consideration that uh it doesn't rain uh in this land that elijah's in and once again i'm not crossing every t not in every I. uh i don't have it in front of me but but it's not it's not raining it's not rained in this land okay now Elijah went to the so-called prophets of Baal and he wanted to show the people, right? He wanted to show the people that his God was real and Baal's God, Baal, Baal was fake. Their God, the worship, the idol God, was not real. So Elijah actually got the prophets of Baal to agree to uh, to. I guess you can call it a competition, okay? Uh, anyways, uh, and basically what this is is they would both build uh, an altar uh, out of the same 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 thing, same supplies and everything, right? And uh, and uh, Bell, or I'm sorry, Elijah actually uh, let the Bell prophets uh, go first. And basically, what it was is they would put this uh, altar together. And Bell was to bring fire down and catch it on fire, right? Or Elijah's God, the true and living God, uh, is to do it also, right? So, anyways, to make this short, the prophets of Baal, uh they they agreed, so they, they so they put their ark or their arcs um, uh, together, uh, whatever. And they cried and cried and cried to their belt. They, I mean, they cut themselves to try to get this idol god to answer them and to rain fire. They did it all morning till evening, right? And Elijah, you know, <laughs> you know, God's children. Uh, if you know any of them personally, uh, they have a sense of humor. They do because you know, if you're one of God's children. We're supposed to be happy. We're not supposed to walk around mad and sour face all the time, and that. And everyone that I know, uh, uh, just about all of them have a, have a great sense of humor. Well, anyways, Elijah actually entice, <laughs> antagonizes the Bell prophets, and uh, you know he says, "Hey, maybe you're God, maybe he's on a journey, maybe he's asleep. He can't go anywhere. He's God. He's your God. Cry louder!" And these these so-called prophets cried louder and louder. So anyways, uh, and there's a lot more to this story. I mean, uh, Elijah's got another young man with him that he sends up on the hill and and so forth. Elijah didn't come up with this on his own, by the way. you got to read the whole story. I'm just breaking it down real quick. So anyways, uh, then it's Elijah's turn. And he builds his altar in the right order. And I think it's important that I put that in there because you've got to have the right order in order for God to bless or him to show us. You've got to have the right order in your home. You've got to have the right order in your heart. So Elijah puts this together, puts his order together in order and he has 12, I believe. And I, once again, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I really recommend you guys go read the story. Uh, 12, 12 uh baskets of water dumped on it and maybe 12 more i i I can't remember how many there was but it was a lot of water now remember he had him pour this in the trenches right he had trenches built around the ark the the altar i don't know why i keep saying ark, the altar uh and then elijah kneels down and he prays and he asks God not for him but to show these people right because any person of God isn't worried about their own gain but they're worried about the souls of not just their loved ones but everybody on earth so not for not to convince him but to convince these people so they could see and sure enough God answered Elijah's prayer and shot down fire and showed. And finally, the lost children started coming back. Anyways, the reason why I tell you this story is because this is exactly... I mean, when I watched this opening ceremony that actually Prince Charles, of course, Mr. New World Order himself, uh, kicked off, uh, I, I was amazed. I was amazed. I was like, they... they uh, so the people that were against, the evil ones... Uh, and you can't be a good person and go along with this opening ceremony. I'm sorry, you just can't. Uh, but the evil ones—they—they—they uh, don't care. They're not hiding anything anymore. They—they'll show you. They, I mean, right out in the open, satanic worship. You know, I thought Super Bowl halftime show with that weekend character was pretty rough. Pretty rough. I thought that the uh, the one guy that's married to the um, to uh, Kim Kardashian's sister, uh, sorry, the name escapes me. I can't think of his name, but that rapper or whatever uh, in Houston, when he put on that uh, satanic show and all those people got killed and hurt, uh, we reported it here. Uh, Travis Scott, is his name. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought that was ru- and that was bad. I thought that was really rough. this right here though. This this amazes me that they they just don't care they just don't care they they put it right out there in front of you they're satanic worshiping it's sad it really is and it's scary okay i know i took a long time on that one but i, I think it was worth uh, getting the point across uh next thing is uh <laughs> once again governor abbott of texas uh he announced today uh this morning actually that uh He will be busing migrants to New York City. Hey, you know, New York City is so proud to call themselves a sanctuary city. Uh, Yeah, let's just send the illegal aliens and migrates to them. Uh, My hat's off to uh, Governor Abnett, and I've said this before, over and over, haven't agreed with Mr. still don't agree with him on everything. Uh, However, uh, putting Texas first, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and then uh, also yesterday, or this was yesterday, uh, the uh, Russia actually sentenced uh, the uh, WNBA star uh, Griner to nine years in prison. Yeah, Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison uh, on Thursday after finding her guilty of deliberately bringing uh, cannab- cannabis-infused vape cartridges into Russia. Uh, Biden. <laughs> Biden is uh, under pressure right now to uh, to get her out of this and to get her home. Now she's won two uh, gold uh, gold uh, Olympic gold medals and uh, you know for the National Basketball Association, uh, but she was arrested in February. Uh, She's been um, I I don't know. biden's so under fire over this he is thinking about uh swapping her uh and the one guy and and i see this regime doing it uh the one guy that they're gonna is that guy the prolific arms dealer everybody called him uh that's who they're going to uh yep that's who who they'll end up trading for um, Biden's promised that he continue to work for a relief. He's gonna act like he didn't have any other choice. Uh, so she got nine years. she also got uh one million rubles uh fine, which is uh right around seventeen thousand dollars us. so uh, yeah, I mean, she's guilty, but I mean she's guilty and she needs something needs to happen. Maybe it needs to happen over here, you know, in the US. And she, you shouldn't, you know, I mean, she shouldn't be doing drugs and her an athlete anyways. But, uh, uh, I guess it was prescribed to her, though. So, let me put that in there. I didn't realize that. It was prescribed to her for pain. Uh, and I guess that's something that they hash that, uh, a lot of athletes use now for pain. I don't know. Uh, I'm just telling you what they said. Uh, something I thought that was pretty interesting, uh, uh, former uh, president trump uh met with the hungarian prime minister uh and uh he actually uh uh he spoke at CPAC. and this guy here uh is uh yeah he's uh he's a conservative uh, i think so i i i don't know a whole lot about him but i did some research on hungary uh, after i seen him speak at CPAC. and uh whew, man yeah he's turned that country around for the better he actually made fun of the woke generation that's happening in the U.S. right now, which, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't blame him a bit. Also, if you haven't heard, uh, we had to move uh, 1,200 uh, Army soldiers uh, from North Carolina, Fort Braggs. Uh, they're going to be relocated, uh, and this is so sad. And uh, I blame, oh, man, I blame uh, the Army's colonels and everything uh, basically, what happened was uh, they did an inspection, uh, and, and they found that dozens of the barracks in the Spokebomb Hill area of the military, uh, insulation did not meet uh, the requirements, heating didn't, ventilation, uh, air conditioning standards. Uh, the building has suffered mold issues, uh, largely a result of a half-century-old air conditioner. Uh, leaders seemingly have known about it for years uh, and that comes directly, thank you, from military.com. Uh, wow. I mean, come on. That, that's just uh, a sickening, man. The, these people are the ones that are putting their lives on the line. Putting their lives on the line to keep us free and independent. And yet we put them in that type of environment. I'm glad they're finally doing it. Um Man, we need some more. We need some different, different leaders in, in our military uh, in that area, anyways. Uh, real quick, Whoopi Goldberg. You guys know I don't like to talk about her, I think she's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> something she said, though, really well, she says a lot of stuff that gets on my nerves. But this right here, man, she implied that God is fine with abortion. So on Wednesday, a uh, quote from Whippy Goldberg, uh, As you know, God doesn't make mistakes, Goldberg insisted. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice. Her remarks came during a clash with conservative Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who was making a special appearance on the show. Quote from, uh, whoopee, I won't call her Misco. Uh, uh, I also know that God made me smart enough to know that if uh, there are al- alternatives out there that can work for me, I will investigate them, she said. I also know God said, do unto others have you and have them do unto you. I will not make that decision for anybody. And I'm going to read you the response to Hasselback because I like it. Uh, Hasselback responded and said, what about the life in the womb? I will say this: that life has a plan and a purpose designed by God. Amen. Uh, Hasselback had helped fuel the debate when she mentioned that adoption centers and pro-life agencies were options for women who find find impossible to care for a baby. Think uh, think one thing: we're falling we're failing to mention to women. As women is that there are options out there that extend beyond abortion, she said. There are thousands of agencies, thousands of agencies uh, that wrap around women that might not be able to care for the baby or may not want the baby uh, when they are pregnant or maybe it was unexpected and they're in a hard situation that will come around at no cost and wrap around that person. I don't believe in giving women half the information out there. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. All right, so let's get into devolution. Devolution part 10. But that is the news. I'm not going to comment a whole lot on that. What Whoopi Goldberg said is just ridiculous and stupid. Uh, this is the same person, Grant you, uh, that... Uh, this is the same person that said maybe jill dr jill biden should be uh the head of the board of health uh about about covid uh she didn't realize that uh jill biden is not an actual doctor like a physical like a physician that's stupid anyway so when we left off on devolution part 10 uh we were talking about special forces and so forth i want to read this to you real quick uh this falls right into where we're going devolution evolution part 10 here we go all right so at the time um uh arnie that was a female that i was talking about was a captain uh in special forces a team miller a 35 year old major was part of the b team a headquarters uh element but on december 5th 2001 after the infamous b2 bomber uh friendly fire uh airstrike that left three american soldiers and and uh, 10 Afghan troops dead uh, in uh, Calais, yeah, in Afghanistan, uh, an organization pronounced it was Miller's team that came in as quick reaction force to support uh, Amory's uh, devastation, devastated forces. Uh, they, uh, the general described Miller as a man universe, uh, universally Admired in the world of prime de So this is an interesting story that I wanted to start out with uh, And something I want you to keep uh, in mind as I continue Miller and his team came in as quick reaction force in response to a friendly fire airstrike a quick reaction force is an armed military unit capable of rapidly responding to developing situations Typically, to assist uh, aligned units in need of such assistance. They are to have equipment ready to respond to any type of emergency, typically within 10 minutes or less, but that is based on unit standard operating procedures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here, here's another example from 2003 discussing the uh Quick response team uh, from the recently abandoned uh, Afghanistan, and basically, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Miller would uh, uply become the commander of the second battalion, uh, the fifth Special Forces Group, having been a part of the 2003 Iraq invasion and completed multiple additional deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, according to the documents made public. Ahead of his confirmation to lead the National Counterterrorism Center, Miller also spent three years of his Army career uh, detailed from the DOD to the intelligence community. That's 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 important. So be sure to make a note on that. So and then Miller also spent three years of his Army career detailed from the DOD DOD. To the intelligence, more specifically, starting sometime in 2011, uh, through sometime in uh, let's see, I think it was it was 2014. Uh, Miller was in uh, his last assignment as an army officer as director for special operations and irregular warfare in the office of the assistant secretary of defense for special operations, low intensity conflict, and independent capabilities at the Pentagon so as the director for special uh, operations and the IW in the office of the uh, ASD uh, he would be the third highest in command specifically for special operations at the DOD directly reporting to the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for special operations and counterterrorism who directly reported to the SO, this is a position located in the Pentagon. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, to simplify it, 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 it's kind of show you trying to show you the chain of command here, right? So, during the big, uh, the Benghazi raid on September 11th, and it was uh, 2012, Chris Miller was watching the events unfold from the Pentagon and was a part of the team that would have been making operational decisions. In other words, he was present and directly involved with special operations Were halted from responding to the Benghazi Act. Yes. Hours later, according to the expert's of the account by the U.S. diplomat uh, uh, Gregory Hicks, American officials in the Libyan capital sought permission to deploy four U.S. special operations troops to Benghazi, uh, Benghazi abroad a Libyan military aircraft early that uh, the next morning. The troops were told to stand down. <laughs> yeah the motto of the military is to leave no person behind and it's stunning and unacceptable to think we had military willing and ready to go and the pentagon told them to stand down this is just not the american way there were special operations with the ability to get to big nanzazi but they were ordered to stand down by the pentagon who at the Pentagon ordered the stand-down, right? The Benghazi incident led to multiple congressional investigations, as described by Ballotpedia. Senate Investigation. The investigation report released on January 15, 2014, by the Senate Intelligence Committee, said that the State Department failed to increase security at its mission despite warnings and blamed intelligent agencies for not sharing information about the existence of the CIA outposts with the U.S. military, according to the Washington Post. The Senate Intelligence Committee released the following statement along with a 58 declassified report on the Benghazi, Benghazi attack. The committee found the attacks were preventable based on an extensive intelligence reporting on the terrorist activities in Libya to include prior threats and attacks against Western targets and given to the known security shortfalls at the U.S. mission. House Select Committee on Benghazi on May 8, 2014, Representative uh, Trey uh, Gowdy uh, was chosen to lead a special committee investigating the attack in Benghazi And the administration's acts regarding the attack. The committee was made up of seven Republicans and five Democrats, 51 people. Uh, When, or what, no, I'm sorry, 51 people, that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, 12 people, normal committee. Um, uh, When asked if the U.S. State Department would comply with the committee's request, Secretary of State John Kerry stated, We'll respond because we have absolutely nothing to hide whatsoever. I look forward to complying with whatever responsibilities we have. The 12 members named to the House Select Committee on Benghazi were, listen up, Trey Gowdy, he was the chair, uh, Susan Brooks, uh, that's a Republican in uh, Indiana, Jim Jordan, who I like a lot, Republican out of Ohio, Mike Pompeo, you've heard that name, uh, Martha Robbie Peter... Broskem, Lynn uh, Westmoreland, Elijah Cummings, uh, he was the Democrat ranking leader at that time. Adam Smith, Adam Schiff, whew, God, Linda Sanchez, and Tammy Duckworth. The investigation by the House Select Committee on Benghazi, culminated in a 800-plus page report. Representatives Jim Jordan and Mike Pompeo took things a step further and issued and added them to the report because they felt Chairman Trey Gowdy's efforts did not sufficiently criticize the Obama administration handling of these attacks. Now, that's something else. we got to take a break real quick. I didn't realize how long the episode has been. Uh, We need to take a break for today's sponsor. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or already have a podcast, check out Anchor. You can do it all in one place. We'll be right back, folks. Hey, guys, have you heard? about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today, or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back uh, to the special report here on the Red Pill Current News podcast. All right, so let's get into Jim Jordan and uh, Mike Pompeo's uh, questions that they had. Uh, let's let's move right along here. I'm going to read them verbatim. Here we go. Why were diplomats stationed in Benghazi in the first place, and more importantly, why did they stay? as it became more and more dangerous. Why did the State Department ignore multiple requests for help from the team in Benghazi, leaving them to fend for themselves in a facility that was no match for a well-organized assault? Why did the U.S. military do almost nothing to help And why did it take them so long to arrive in Libya and never prepare assets to arrive in Benghazi? Why did the administration mislead the American people about the nature and cause of the attack? Why now, almost four years later, has only one of the dozens of terrorists who murdered Four of our countrymen faced American justice. Why just one? Good questions. So I, so I don't think we will, I, I still don't believe we have the full story of Benghazi, the Benghazi situation. Uh, here's something that we do know. Chris Miller was in the Pentagon when the special operations, QRF, was told to stand down. Now remember, these are the people he personally worked with before being promoted to the Pentagon. How do you think he felt about that? Also, Chris Miller was a member of one of these QRF teams back in 2001, as we stated earlier, at the start of the war. I can't imagine the same man who volunteered his team to be the QRF for the 2001 mission referenced above that we just talked about uh, would be at all okay with the Pentagon's response or lack thereof to the Benghazi incident. The political establishment was using the military to advance their political agendas. They created a bureaucratic chain of command in which operational decisions were made through the Pentagon I really don't believe that this sat well with uh, Chris Miller uh, and I believe I can prove prove it in a in a couple of his comments that he made in November 18 2020 when he along with Israel uh, Watnick announced the evaluation of United States special operations to a level on par with that of the other branches of armed services. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, <laughs> I'm not saying good morning. This is this is Mr. Miller's comments. Good morning, everyone. Wow, what a week! The old cliche: If you want a friend in Washington D.C., get a dog. <laughs> Maybe may be true for many, but for me. I know I can come to Fort Bragg's and be with my brothers and sisters in Special Operation Forces who will always have my back. It's an honor to be here on this hollowed plaza where we where we are reminded of the enormous sacrifices and burdens shouldered by our nation's special operators, these brave heroes who were first to the enemy's doorstep marked in the aftermath of September 11th attacks in 2001. Only weeks after that dark day in our nation's history, they plunged into danger to bring justice to the terrorists who took thousands of innocent American lives, and they will be the ones who continue to deny safe haven to violent extremists and maintain unrelenting pressure on the road to stability and lasting peace in afghanistan and iraq see i don't want to read this is very long i don't want to read all of it um i to read you a couple bullet points here uh one of the things he said was uh we will not hesitate to restore or deter and defeat any and all threats another bullet point special operations civilian leadership report directly to me instead of through the current bureau bureaucratic channels this historic step finalizes what congress has authorized and directed and will put special operations command on par with the military services for the first time this reform will immediately improve agility to the department and the command and will uh, enable us to streamline information flow, enhance decisions, making and more adaptively and adaptively support our comrades and their superb soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. Yeah, that's uh, that's very well said. We want to bring the current war to an end in a responsible manner that guarantees the security of our citizens, transforming the Department for Great Power Competition, a whole-of-government effort to combat transnational threats, prepare our special operation forces, for this new era of great power competition, who understands the fundamental nature of war, who remain committed to defeating every threat, uh, and who are undeterred by the high price of victory. And, And I think that, you know, this almost feels like a direct shot at the Obama administration and what they stood for, and especially, especially their handing of Benghazi. Chris Miller and the Special Operation Forces account for just one aspect of the Benghazi incident. Michael, General, I should say General, General Michael Flynn accounts for the other. Now, I'll try to say this the best I can. Uh, So, General Michael Flynn was never scared to speak his mind and was often critical of the Obama administration and the reality of the war in Iraq and defences within the intelligence community. So Flynn was commissioned in the U.S. Army as a second lieutenant in military military intelligence in 1981. His military assignments included multiple tours, and he had an extensive career in the military intelligence. He and his superior, General uh, McChrystal, Uh, uh, streamlined all intelligence so as to increase the tempo of operations and degrade the networks of al-Qaeda in Iraq. He served as the Director of Intelligence of the United States Central Command from June 07 to July 08, as the Director of Intelligence of the Joint Staff from July 08 to June 09, then the Director of Intelligence of the International Security Assistance Force in Afghanistan, from June 9 to October '10, 2010, in September 2011, Flynn was promoted to lieutenant general and assigned an assistant, and assigned as assistant director of national intelligence in the office of the director of national intelligence. On April 17, 2012, President Barack Obama nominated Flynn to be the 18th director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. Flynn took command of the DIA in July 2012. He uh, simultaneously became the commander of the Joint Function Component Command for Intelligence, Surveillance, and rena- uh, re- Recontinence, uh, and the chair of the Military Intelligence Board. Flynn was seeing the most classified military Intelligence ever available. In mid 2014, his two year term at the DIA was not extended. And on April 2014, uh, Flynn announced his retirement effective later that year. About a year earlier than he had been scheduled to leave his position, he was reportedly effectively forced out of the DIA after clashing with superiors over his allegedly chaotic management style and vision for the agency. Now, according to Flynn, he said in one final interview, as DIA director, he felt like a lone voice and thinking the United States was less safe from threat of Islamic terrorism in 2014 than it was prior to 9-11 attacks. He went on to believe he was pressed into retirement for questioning the Obama administration public narrative that Al-Qaeda was close to being defeated. So Flynn retired from the U.S. Army with 33 years of experience on August 7, 2014. On November tenth, 2015, Flynn gave an interview to the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction uh, Lessons Learned Project, later published as a part of the Afghanistan Newspaper. You get a chance. You need to look that. Uh, you need to look that article up because that's got a lot of good information in it. Uh, Michael Flynn was somebody who knew where the bodies were buried. He was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency during Benghazi. Benghazi was the direct result of Obama administration corrupted, as detailed by many, including written by. An article that you can find. It was written by uh, Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn himself, uh, to uh, to Fox News. One thing he did say in there that caught my eye was, by ignoring military and intelligent officials, she, referring to Hillary Clinton, let personal interests conflict with U.S. foreign policy. Michael Flynn is perfectly describing. The War Between the White Hats and the Military and the Corrupt Political Establishment. Flynn was one of those intelligence officials ignored by Hillary Clinton due to her own personal interest. So the article that I was referring to, uh, using no classified information, uh, imagine what else Flynn actually knows from this time. As he, as he was the director of the DIA... With access to the highest level of classified information within our military, Michael Flynn represented the biggest threat to the political establishment. This is the reason why Obama actually told Trump not to hire uh, Michael Flynn uh, during when Trump took over, uh, which naturally Trump ignored. Uh, <laughs> uh, Obama said something to the to the effect of uh, he was not fit for a high level role in his administration. Uh, Trump thought he was just joking. You know Trump didn't think he was joking. Trump knew that uh, Michael Flynn was exactly who he wanted and needed to help take down the political establishment once and for all. Trump knew it, and so did the political establishment. This leads us to the last scandal uh, from the Obama administration that we'll be talking about, Spygate. When Donald Trump won the 2016 election, the Obama administration, along with the entire political establishment, was shocked and in a panic. And I, 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 <laughs> do you guys remember that? I mean, I thought CNN newsacres were crying. I mean, it was, it was something else. Their criminal enterprise was at risk of exposure. General Michael Flynn was their worst nightmare. They desperately needed Flynn out of the picture. So they turned to who they always turn to? The MSM, right? Media, big media, big tech and the intelligence community. Those three groups uh, colluded to create the false story that Flynn was a Russian agent. They framed Flynn to get him kicked from Trump's cabinet, and then they used that as a springboard to move forward with their fake Russia investigation. At the time, it was considered by many to be the greatest political crime in America history. In my opinion, it was surpassed by the theft of the 2020 election. On a broader scale, however, the election theft was uh, perpetrated to cover up for the Russia hopes, along with the rest of their crimes. So maybe we can consider the whole series of events as one continuous political crime, thus being the silent war. Uh, Brian Cates uh, is second to none. When it comes to all things, considering Spygate, it was one of uh, uh, his articles that I that I came across when doing research that actually got me interested into this uh, into uh, this criminal criminal act. Uh, I advise you to look that up, Brian Cates. Uh, he's got several articles out, and man, he uh, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he knows about Durham and everything, and and this scandal is so enormous. And yes, I, I, I do believe Durham is still coming. Uh, he came out once; uh, that was just a little little piece. Hey, you guys know why this is bit by bit by bit by bit by bit by bit, and then same thing with the uh, Hunter Biden laptop bit by bit picture here, picture here, bit by bit bit bit, bit drip 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 pain. Imagine much, how much pain they put Donald Trump through in the last four years when he was in office right imagine how much pain and you know how much pain they put the american people through in the last 50 and 60 years they want the white hats want in our military group want these elites to feel pain and they are they are look at how far they're going all you have to do is you can even turn on uh, fake media and you see them rushing around, making this up, making that up. Now they're trying to talk about indicting Trump and all this junk. It's just stupid. Uh, so it looks like the Durham report is being set up to drop around the same time as the Arizona forensic audit will be released. I do think they'll go hand-in-hand, hand, the original and the true Arizona audit, by the way. Uh, those two reports, uh shoo. They're going to have... And they're just leaking little bits of it, like I mentioned. But, man, they are going to have so many consequences and will expose the biggest series of political crimes in our history. Remember something that I've always said. We're only going to see 20% out of 100%. 20% of what's been going on behind the scenes. That's all we'll ever know. There's 80% there that will never... Truly, no, never know because we can't handle it. I can handle it. You probably, if you're listening, to this can handle it. But most Americans, most people in the world, can't handle it. They just can't. But that 20 percent doesn't sound like a big number. Man, it's going to be devastating enough. I can promise you that. Uh, the Durham report's also going. To, it'll expose the corruption, the scandals. Uh, of course, the audits are going to prove the election theft, uh, and their cover-up. So, the deep state puzzle. The political establishment loves to use the phrase systematic racism. They use it in an attempt to pin all American problems under a label that serves only to cause more division and hide the causes of the actual problems. The reality is that the far bigger systematic problem in our country is that of systematic political corruption Joe Biden he's the byproduct of this systematic political corruption created and carried out by political establishment Biden is a lifetime government talking head who never really accomplished anything noteworthy in terms of policy while in Congress but became wildly successful selling his name and political clout for personal profit. Leading up to the 2020 election, it was discovered that Hunter Biden's laptop appeared to be abandoned, right, Uh, uh, at a computer repair store and supposedly had copious amounts of information detailing the corrupt business dealings of the Biden family. In order to protect Joe Biden's election chances, the propaganda wing of the political establishment buried and censored anybody who dared to cover it, calling it Russian misinformation. The reality is much different. The reality is much different. The Daily Mail, I'll give them credit for this one, Uh, the forensic experts had verified the authenticity of messages and images in a laptop containing lurid details of Hunter Biden's private life. At least Daily Mail stood up once, right? Uh, (laughs) uh, The story of how the Post and the later, the Daily Mail, obtained the machine's contents is uh, convoluted. It was said to have been abandoned in a Delaware computer shop, then handed to allies of Donald Trump, amid doubts about the authenticity of the information and briefings from U.S. intelligence agencies that it was likely part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Facebook and Twitter introduced measures to stop post story from being shared on the platform. But the Daily Mail said that the laptop was indeed Hunter Biden's and it had obtained 103,000 text messages a hundred and fifty four thousand emails and more than two thousand photos from a copy of its hard drive this guy is just stupid and we've seen some of it already and it's just it's criminal i mean it's all i mean he recorded every it's stupid but the daily mail said the uh, sorry the intelligence community msm and big tech have done everything they can to provide cover for the biden family in regards to Uh, What is on this laptop, but we have kept in mind who else might have had this information specifically who else could have the laptop and be able to act upon it upon what's inside the simple answer. It's the same people who've been fighting the political establishment for years the same people with terabytes of data from Chinese defector dong the same people who know covid was a bio weapon the same people who caught the political establishment stealing an election with help from a foreign adversary the same people who are running the devolution operation that this series is about those people are Don- president donald trump and the military all right thank you guys so much for tuning in today i know that was a lot of information uh i did have one gentleman he emailed me uh and uh he he, he's right he he gave uh he wanted me to give this advice what he does uh he says he takes notes when he listens to this because he's really interested in this series and uh also he has to replay it sometimes which i do that myself and i'm the one talking i'll go back and listen and say how did i put this Did i put this the right way did i say this the right way i take notes but i try not to read it verbatim um because it's a lot of research <laughs> all right guys so don't forget uh, saturday's episode uh we will have uh, a seven-year uh, naval officer uh who served in the intelligence co- uh, committee or intelligence community i think he's got a uh a, a great story to tell and looking forward to having him But that is all the time. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. You guys have a wonderful day, and thanks so much. God bless, and God bless America.